Company. Where are we? So you make yourself invisible. You take three drops of blood from the index finger of your left hand, three drops from the ring finger of your right hand, and then two drops from your right nipple, and two drops from your left nipple. And then you mix all that together with the blood from the heart of a living raven and boil it with the raven's brain and a man's belly fat. And then once you've done all of that, you have a sweet ink, and you can carve the sigil onto a piece of lignite, and then you keep it in your hand to become God let me be invisible Fade into the smoke Smoke myself silly Till I talk like a hillbilly I wish I didn't care to care But there is so much inside of me That isn't filled with Disparity I guess there is polarity As above so below That where we all just shake our ass As time passes Before we get buried below Then we'll know where Do we motherfucking go? Slipping back into being cheesy Maybe I don't want to feel alone So I sit around and connect with others So I don't feel like a simulated Matrix monkey all lost up in my The part of it that you don't really stop to think about Is like, you know, man, I'm already on a clock You know, am, am I gonna diet for the next 30 years so I can feel actually don't listen to that I take all of that back you should we should totally be trying to be healthy while we're alive because you're just gonna you're just gonna feel better about it I need to exercise more may we ride on the majestic winds of consciousness together in 2020 realizing we are beyond what we see beyond human experience anyways <laughs> I do hope you're having a wonderful week, seriously. I hope things are just fucking awesome for you. And I, I really mean that. This episode is with my man, Andrew, the Tiger Wizard. He's the owner of Fallen Arrows. And really what started out for me is just getting shirts printed through him has blossomed into a beautiful bromance. We talk about magical staves and... Him actually getting hit when he was riding his scooter. It was radical, man. And uh, really just all the stuff that he has going on. And so, my digital friends, let's welcome my friend, the parable maker, Andrew. And without further ado, let's get Oh, dude. Oh, it's even got the, uh, what do you, what'd you call these again? I just sort of lost my train of thought on what the. That's Icelandic stave for necro pants. Oh, that's the pants thing you were telling me about, huh? Did I tell you about the necro pants? Yes. Dude, maybe that's how we'll start it off, though. Like, let's do a shot of necro pants. And then you can explain to the people what the fuck that means. What's it called again? This is dragon spittle. Dragon spittle in a what glass? That's a the Icelandic stave for necropants. Necropants, dude. Here's the 2020. Mm. 
whoa, dude. It tastes like dragon spittle. Right? <laughs> dude, thank you so much for that, man. That's I've got a bottle for, of it for you, too. Oh, my God. Are you serious, man? Yeah. Dude, that's I'm honored, man. I don't, let's, so I want to talk about these staves here in a second, but let's, uh, dude, let's just start off with like where we're at, man. It's freaking, I guess by the time this podcast release, it'll be 2020, but it's the day before Christmas. I mean, New Year's Eve. So dude, this last decade for you and moving into 2020, like what is that feeling right now? Because I feel like that we're at the age finally now where that shit matters. <laughs> in other words, like a decade before, like we weren't really at the age yet where maybe we're thinking a lot more decade thoughts, you know, we're still in our, you were probably what in your twenties still last decade, the end of last decade. What was the last decade? It was 2010, I guess was the end. Well, it depends on what you believe. Some people are like, it's 2011 is when the decade starts. Yeah. So I would have, yeah, I would have been 30 or no, I would have been 25. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So now you're what? 35 then? 36. 36. Yeah. So you're thinking a lot differently, hopefully about life. Yeah. 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 I, uh, so that was, that was pre getting run over by a car. Wait, you've been ran over by a car? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can tell this conversation's going to go down some rabbit holes. <laughs> wow. I mean, I love it. No, dude, you got to explain. You got ran over by a car? Yeah, I think it was um it was 2000 and it was 2009, so damn. Yeah, it was exa- almost exactly exa- almost exactly 10 years ago. Yeah. Um well, what happened? I was riding my scooter uh early one morning. This guy ran- scooter like motorized type or like Yeah. Yeah, I was a real um I was a real scooter guy. Yeah. I had a pre-bird bitches. This was that motorized <laughs> emissions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, it's like a you know like a moped, like a mm-hmm. Vespa type. Yeah, thing. yeah. And um, this guy just uh, was thinking about something else. I think he was on his phone. This is like pre "Don't play on your phone." Oh, this is like before laws. we found out how bad it was, and then <laughs> yeah. everyone still does it. <laughs> yeah, he, he slammed into me, crushed my leg. Oh. Um, Do you remember guy. the feeling? Like still, is there any kind of like you yeah. can remember what that felt like getting hit like that? Yeah, the doctor told me that most of the time we go on, when we experience stuff like this, we usually go into shock, um, and then we end up not remembering it. But that didn't happen to me, which is kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember every second of it. I was actually thinking about it a couple of weeks ago uh, because the guy who hit me um, when we were in litigation, you know, for uh, the lawsuit, I guess. Uh, he said that, uh, you know, after he hit me that he, you know, held me in his arms and, uh, you know, was trying to comfort me. And I was like, bitch, I remember everything. You didn't do that shit. You're on the <laughs> phone talking to your lawyer. <laughs> He's like, shit, what should I do? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what was going do on. Do I drive off and leave this bitch? Or do I like, what do I do? <laughs> the lawyer's like, no, no, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend like, okay, this is the part where you grab his head. Pretend like you care. <laughs> it's sort of that... Uh, that time of my life kind of did a hard reset. Yeah. So um, the job I was I was working at a screen printing shop at the time, and um, I think I was yeah I was also working at a coffee shop. So I was I was I was getting up early like five o'clock every morning, go open the coffee shop, work there for five or six hours, go immediately from there to my screen printing job, Damn. work there until seven o'clock at night, and then I would typically I would either stay late at the screen printing shop and work on my own artwork or I would go out drinking to a bar with my other artist friends and draw at the bar. 
So um, quite a bit different from how I'm living today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, it, it really did, after that experience, I had to kind of reevaluate, like, what was really important to me? Like, what do I really want to be doing? I'm trying to yeah. do like, a ton of stuff. I'm trying to grind so hard. Mm-hmm. So it did kind of change the way that I approached my work ethic. Yeah. And well, and I think that's why I think I bring it up too, with it being like 2020 in another decade. And maybe I'm sensing this because it's like, I'm just projecting, right. I'm in my thirties. So like I think about life much differently than I did a decade before. And, and I know that you now have so many more eggs in a basket, so to speak of adventures that you're doing now. So like this year to me and what I'm getting a sense from all of my artists friends is like such a hard reset too. It's like, okay, I've only have so much time on this planet. I'm a creative. There's things I want to do. Now it's time to really grind. And we were kind of talking a little bit about that, like weird buffer zone of like Christmas to New Year's that we've we've both kind of been in. (laughs) Dude, you got to do give me that like imagery again, because I feel like that's where we're all at. And I think it would help even the listeners to kind of like almost like, because I think there's a, there's so much pressure, you know? And I Mm -hmm. think that like, I love the imagery you gave because it kind of like takes the the pressure off in a sense that like, look, we're all ready. We're, we're ready. It's not that you're actually feeling um, like you're lacking or that you can't get things done. It's just that we're all ready for like the, the shotgun, the, the gun to be, to be set off kind of thing. Oh, okay. I yes. know, I know what you're hinting at yes, now. Yes. I, know, I, was like, I, was like, I was trying to get there. Uh, what imagery did I, <laughs> you're like, dude, we drank a lot before the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, I don't know. What it's you're not about. even that, man. It's I'm like come up kidding. with new imagery ideas. <laughs> Every second, I'm like, what? Which one were you talking You're like, about? I'm a parable maker, dude. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Pretty much Jesus. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? No, so what we were talking about was um, Olympic runners when they're getting ready to, or maybe not even Olympic, maybe just runners. Yeah. I don't know. When you're either on, one. Olympic ne- sounds cooler though. I never watch any of that stuff. Me <laughs> I don't really, I don't really know, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when you're getting ready to run and you got your foot on this little triangle thing to give you a good push off and i just i feel like um, maybe i saw this in a movie or something that your like muscles tense up mm. right before they shoot the gun to start the race and that's kind of what this little holiday break has felt like yeah it's it's so nice to be able to spend some time with family and friends and you know uh, open some presents have some beer see some movies all that stuff is great but i just i feel tense all over too i've got all of these things i want to get started on working on continue to work on yeah and i'm just like i'm ready I'm ready for that dude me too blast blast through two, 2020 dude seriously man i'm the same way man it's like i i have felt so weird and that's why i felt so comforted when you told me that because i was like wait i'm not the only motherfucker that feels this <laughs> tenseness of like i should be doing something right now but we're all just drinking and and watching movies and be, drink and be merry man <laughs> yeah which i guess there's some like duality in that of course like we all need that you know that kind of reset or whatever but like i'm hungry man and i'm ready dude eat some I'm, more of these nuts dude seriously <laughs> Dude, so you got the parables, bro. You got these freaking nuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, for you, what what is first in 2020? Is because I know you got a lot of different things like happening. Is it epic levels? Is it you know esoteric tiger? Like what is you know kind of the things you're going after in 2020? Well, I mean, I guess kind of the change from my 20s to um, the way I'm operating now is I kind of just. Um, uh, you know, I have a regular job. I run a small business. Um, 
It's fallenarrows.com. Hell yeah, it is, dude. At Fallen Arrows on Instagram, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> so um, the, the way I approach all of these different side projects that I have going on all the time is just one phase at a time. So this is like my best friend. This is a, um, what I'm holding up as a small little notebook from Moleskin. It's like a two and a half by four inch Volant Moleskin lined journal. This thing is my best friend. It saves my life every day. Uh, so each of my different little projects, I just have like a running to-do list. And I just go through it one one thing at a time. You know, I need that so much, man. Do you, do you, have you always been disciplined? Like, is that something that's been easy for you or like doing that kind of stuff, having a notepad, <laughs> keeping notes and stuff like that? Griff, chill out. Griff heard somebody, don't worry, he ain't got the ax, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have not always been this disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, um, I think pre- Car Smash Andrew did not keep track of what he was trying to accomplish in his life as diligently as I do now. So um, was the car wreck more existential? Like I guess going back to that, was that pretty existential in the no, sense that it wasn't? Not at all. So how did it propel you to be more like I want to get shit done? I want to be more proactive. I want to put these like imaginative ideas into action. Well, it was the I guess you could say it was the explosion that propelled me into this place of being right now. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, it did not feel very um, meaningful. It mm-hmm. just felt like I didn't have a job anymore. Damn. And, you know, I didn't have a girlfriend anymore. And I was, you know, living on my parents' couch because the place that I was living, you know, there wasn't anybody to take care of me when I couldn't walk. So Damn. Oh, so it was that long? Like, how long was it? You couldn't walk? I didn't realize it was that big of a deal. I mean, yeah. Damn, dude. So you got like your leg crushed kind of thing? Yeah. So like basically all my hip bone was kind of like turned to gravel. They had to like rebuild. Um, Holy Yeah, I've got like crazy shit, metal dude. in my leg. When we get done, you got to take your pants off, bro. I want to see I'll this. I'll take them off right now. <laughs> Let me see this shit, dude. Damn, dude. Okay, so I did not realize. Okay, so it was, it was big. It's been it was a 10 big years, but. Oh, I'll dude, sh- he's taking his pants I'll off. Show you. <laughs> I'll do it, dude. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding around. So the. Oh shit, people! So I'm looking at a beautiful thigh with a big ass scar on it. Yep. Whoa. So they dude. the the bone starts right here. They don't have to cut as big as you think. So it's only about mm-hmm. seven inches was the incision. They went in there, and then the bone, the piece of metal goes about down into here. Whoa. Do you yeah. remember what the anesthesia felt like? Oh, yeah, it felt great. Dude, see, I've never done it. I've never had surgery. I've never had a broken bone. I've never had blood taken. So the, so please tell me, dude. I love hearing like right, what that feeling's well, like. Well, so um, they, you know, they, they don't give you anything in the ambulance, right? So Oh, shit. Um, you know, the, from the incident, and then I was laying in the street for about... 30 minutes what? before, um, I mean, it was the, the, the responders were pretty quick, honestly. Yeah. Um, there was a guy who came out from the apartment building right next door who happened to be a, an EMT. So he came in and helped out and then the ambulance got there about, it was probably 25 to 30 minutes, something like that Whoa. after the incident based on what the police reports say. What did you like feel like? Was it just like numb or was it like hot or warm or like pure no, pain? Dude, just, yeah, just like radiating pain. Um, you know, couldn't move it. Um, you know, my whole 
the whole my whole right side of uh, my body, like hip and below, I couldn't really feel a whole lot. Did you get PTSD from that? No, no, that's amazing. Am I supposed to? No, I don't know. I mean, you always I hear did, people get yeah, like you know promise. get weirded out about driving and shit. You know, I was on a two wheeled vehicle. Yeah, and I did promise my mother that I wouldn't buy another one. But I have, <laughs> I have, I have ridden on them. Oh uh, shit, dude! And actually, you know what? I take that back. Maybe I did have a little bit because the last time, or the first time, I guess, after the incident that I was on another two wheeled vehicle, me and a buddy of mine went to Vietnam, and we were planning to just sort of like hop around, um, you know, Laos, Cambodia, and end up in Thailand. Mm-hmm. That was our actual destination, but. Um, like a day after we landed in Ho Chi Minh uh, or Saigon, they put a um, a curfew. So there was a, what? There was a military coup happening in Thailand, and they put a curfew. So we were kind of like, eh, maybe we don't want to go over there right now. This doesn't <laughs> yeah. seem like it's going to be as much fun. Like, like the whole country's on lockdown. Yeah. So we're like, well, what can we do instead? And then somebody walked in. To the youth hostel we were staying at, it was like, "Does anybody want to buy a motorbike?" And we were like, um, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> so we bought we bought motorbikes um, and we rode them up what's called the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Dude, it was super sick. How old, when when was that? Um, so that would have been uh, two thousand and. 14, 13, yeah. something like that. Do you feel like those experiences like really shape and change the, who you are? You know, like those kind of monumental kind of like I was overseas, like riding on a bike, you know, going up through this crazy trail. Do you feel like, in other words, like there's a lot of people listening that will never leave the United States, you know, or vice versa, whatever the country they're in, you know, maybe not even their city. I've definitely met a lot of people like that that have even, haven't even left their town, you know. Do you think that it enriches you a lot more? Yeah, I, th- I think that it's important for people to travel and see how other walks of life operate. I mean, you kind of—I mean, it kind of inspired me to to attempt minimalism mm-hmm. um, as a home practice. Just seeing like how happy people can be with not very much. Mm-hmm. You don't need a bunch of stuff to be happy. Yeah. Um, you just got to pay taxes on all that stuff. Dude, aren't you kidding, man? And you know, it's so no, funny. No, I'm not kidding. You're like, no, I'm not kidding. No, for real. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I see that even in my sonnies too, you know, and like right now he has this expectation that anytime he goes out, like we want it, he wants to get a vehicle, you know, like it's like his thing. Like and when he means vehicle, like a, like a Hot Wheels car, you know, kind of thing. And there's this expectation that we've had to like teach him that like, oh, like when, when you go out, like in other words, what I'm getting at is that I've noticed the more stuff he's gotten, the more stuff he wants. Like it's just like it doesn't ever like. There's no satisf like he's never satisfied. It's just sure. always like I mean like literally the day after Christmas we went out and he had just gotten like a shit ton of vehicles and sure enough, dude, we passed his his favorite dude, which is probably our favorite, is the Dollar Tree. He can go and get like a dollar vehicle. And so when he sees it though, he's going to be really disappointed. <laughs> When he is older and he's like, wait a minute, I have a 12 car garage and you're telling me it's going to cost how much to fill that thing? Exactly. (laughs) Because back in the day, it was only a dollar to get vehicles. But yeah, man, I mean, we felt that too, you know, growing up like we, you know, when me and my wife first got married, it was always like that. 
like underlining keeping up with the Joneses, even though we maybe wouldn't like to admit that, right? But like we wanted to have the things Who of the house. The Joneses? The, I don't know. It is my wife's last maiden name, so maybe it was her. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I don't even know where that expression actually came from, but. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely were the same way, you know. Where and we've probably in the last five years have like completely like eradicated like just buying shit, you know. Like, um, we I, I I will say I'm not perfect at it, right? You know what I mean. But I will say that for me, minimalism actually has like created a lot of like space in my mind, you know, mm-hmm. and like a lot lot because I think when you have stuff, it's just more things that are just cluttering your mind. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, I would like to get even better at it, you know, as far as even our house. Like we we've pretty much taken out most of our stuff in our house, but I think we could do better, you know, and I found that it's 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 helpful. And like you said, man, I've been to Thailand and different places like that. You see people that don't have a lot and somehow they're fucking happy. Like, and you're like, it doesn't make sense to our Western mind. Like, we're like, but you don't have like the fucking internet and like video games and this and that or whatever it is, you know? And you're like, how could you ever be happy? But they're just like, oh, I don't know, man. I just farm and I have a family and it's cool, you know? And that's all I need. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. I, um, I was, I feel like I was doing pretty well. I was doing pretty well at, at establishing a very minimalist lifestyle. And then my, my current wife moved in. And brought all of her stuff. <laughs> She's probably listening right now. So, so I better be careful what I say about it. So like from there, let's just... <laughs> so let's move on to another subject. I love, I love that. Dude, Staves. That's exactly where I want to move to, man. Because okay. I am let's fascinated. Well, even just like your esoteric tiger, like apparel brand. Like I, I, That's one thing that has fascinated me so much. It was always like something for me that was very taboo because I grew up very religious and Christian sure. and Christian based. So like when I see like you even had one that you were drawing when we walked in and it looked super dope. And I was like, looking at that would make me so uneasy just a few years ago, <laughs> you know, but like, I I'm fascinated by it now. And I honestly didn't even know anything about it. I never heard about them until I, you know, kind of broke away from that world that I grew up in. See if you can pronounce that. that uh, top, there's no way the dude. Top, I can pronounce regular thing. words. Hul, oh God, Hulan Hajlamar, Lamar, Hula Hajlamar, Hulan Hajlamar, Hulan Hulan Hajlamar, Hulan Hajlamar. Is that so? That's the actual one that you were writing down. Yeah, that's so cool. I was just practicing drawing. So for people, yeah, that are listening, like, what the fuck's a stave or what's what's esoteric and all this stuff? Sure. So um, what we're talking about is an Icelandic magical stave, um, which is a practice of. Icelandic witchcraft um, and sorcery, um, wherein through some sort of insane process, you come up with some kind of ink and then you inscribe a sigil or what's called a stave onto something for some intended effect. Um, This one, this particular one, is a sign to make yourself invisible. Is that literal or like? Figuratively, like in people's creative like world, like people won't see you in their reality, or is uh, it like physical? That's hard. I mean, that's kind of hard to say as to what the original intent was. Um, I think these motherfuckers thought that they could actually turn invisible. It <laughs> <laughs> makes sense, dude. <laughs> um, so uh, the way that you would go about, I'm just going to read it off this card, yeah, because I'm not as familiar with this, and I just started practicing drawing it. Um, to make yourself invisible, you take three drops of blood from the index finger of your left hand and then three drops from the ring finger of your right hand and then two drops from your right nipple 
and two <coughs> drops from your left nipple. That's right. We'd be piercing nipples. And then you mix all that together with the blood from the heart of a living raven and boil it with the raven's brain and a man's belly fat. And then once you've done all of that, you have a sweet ink and you can carve the sigil onto a piece of lignite and then you keep it in your hand to become invisible. Did you bring me here for the belly fat? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I'm feeding you beer and nuts? Exactly, dude. You're just getting me ready, dude. <laughs> the raven's brain is already boiling. I swear to God, it wouldn't be a bad way to go, though. It's better than being like in a nursing home with all your family dead and no one cares about you. Ouch. <laughs> dude, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I Dude, thought the dark magic was dark. <laughs> Reality is dark. Reality is dark as fuck. Dude, I, the older I get, it freaks me out, man. Like, I, And I do want to get back to esoteric, but dude, fucking let's talk about death for a second. Like, I mean, dude, that reality is becoming more of a reality in my mind. It's like, I think we have this like, we have this like romantic view of death. And I don't know if maybe it's the way that you've hear people talk to. It's like this idea that you're on your deathbed and like all your loved ones are around. And like, I think Where that did it's, you hear that exactly movies. Everybody <laughs> dies alone. My dude, dude, for real though. I mean, it's real, man. You really, everyone kind of does, you know, you got to go out by yourself and, and sometimes it's even uglier than that, you know, where all the people you love have died or whatever, you know? And it's just like, it's kind of really, really strange to me, man, that like we haven't done a better job at making into life like better. You know, I feel like at, once you get in your 70s, people just kind of forget about you. You know, like I'm not saying everyone I know is a gradient and all that kind of stuff, but like in general, it's just like, what the fuck, dude? Am I going to like, you know, we're talking about like 2020, this is my year. I'm going to do my fucking <laughs> shit, you know? But then we, but then we like, for what? You know, like so that I can become 80 and just be in a wheelchair, just looking out a window, you know, or whatever the fuck is going to happen, you know, like it's, well, that's a really weird. good point because, um, I, you know, I was talking with my wife about like, what are our goals for mm-hmm. the future? Not just 2020, but yeah. moving forward. And, um, you start to think about, um, okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm setting a goal that I want to be more financially responsible. I want to do a better job of budgeting, <laughs> yeah. you know, save, save money, you know, invest, whatever, you know, try and grow wealth, whatever, you know, the, the part of it that you don't really stop to think about is like, you know, man, I'm already on a clock, you know, am, am I going to diet for the next 30 years so that I can feel, I'm actually don't listen to that. I take all of that back. You should, we should totally be trying to be healthy yes, while we we're alive. Cause we you're should. just going to, you're just going to feel better about it. You will. Yeah. I need to exercise more. <laughs> Dude, you're going in the place I do, and my wife's the opposite. She's like, "Well, you're supposed to be good and feel good and eat good," and and I'm I was more going down the rabbit hole that you do, where it's just like, "Ah, fuck it." But then, like I mean, you part said of it's it, fuck it, but the other part of it is a, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of humanity wants to leave uh, a legacy of some kind, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I hope that you feel like that's something that you you're doing with your children. Mm-hmm. I don't have any kids yet. I hope to have kids one day. But um, I think for people that don't have kids, um, you know, leaving a legacy is, is very important. And, you know, realizing that we're all going to die one day and that, like, we might not have a Wikipedia entry about ourselves can be pretty yeah. crushing to some people. <laughs> yeah, and, seriously. Right? I mean, that's, 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 a, new, a, dude, that's, that a, is that's a new qualifier. That is the new legacy. He's like, he died. He did not have a Wikipedia entry. <laughs> he will be forgotten. He will be forgotten. <laughs> 
after you all leave this funeral today. Dude, seriously though. Yeah, I've all I've I mean, dude, yeah, as a father, that's all I think about now is legacy. And I think that the only thing I can do at least is just like prepare my offspring and give, you know, make my ceiling the best that I've done and become their floor, you know, be their mm-hmm. starting point, you know. And so as far as legacy, like no, I don't need to be in a history book, you know, but like I would like to be a part of the history of my lineage and know that I did the best I could, you know, in, in, in my time here as my molecules momentarily came together to manifest Ryan to like, to be, you know, better for myself so that I could also be better for other people. You know what I mean? Like we talked a lot about off the podcast about a lot of like heavy hitting things we won't even get into, but like, For me, it's like, well, it's not so much about that, but it's so much about like, what am I doing to make other people's reality better? You know, am I being the dick? Am I playing that role? Am I playing the asshole in traffic? Am I playing, or could I play the guy who like lets the person over, you know, in traffic? Or can I play these roles that are like bettering humanity? And I think- Can we do a quick- a uh, little improv sketch, the two Dude, of us, let's do it. where we fast forward in time a hundred years, <gasps> and my name is Zorgon, and Zorgon. your name is... Do whatever you want, dude. Your name is Dude Whatever You Want. Dude Whatever You Want, Zorgon. And, and we're excavating. We're we're part of an excavation crew, and we've just dug up um, a small um, one terabyte. A terabyte, yeah, yeah one terabyte, terabyte hard drive, small as fuck back then, but that, now it's <laughs> that contains all of the Life Gets Harry podcasts. Oh shit! And we've just you know, I've actually it. thought about this happening. Oh before. really? Yeah. All right, so here we go. I'm going to do the sound effect with these nuts in my mouth. All right. right, this is me digging. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever you want. Look what I just found down here. Whoa, dude, what is that? Yo, it's some kind of old storage device. They've got all kinds of shit on this thing. Let's take a look. Hi, right, dude, let's do it, Zorgon. Oh, man, I just I just uploaded it. There's some dude on here. He's talking about some esoteric weird shit. <laughs> this is fucked up, dude. Let's dig in. Okay, cool. Let's hit play on some old episode. Yeah, and so then I told my wife that um, you know, I just wasn't ready to move into that stage. What do you think about that? I agree with you. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was, that was good. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I was thinking, I was trying yeah. to go somewhere with it. The dudes in the future are just, they're completely lost. <laughs> it's literally idiocracy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so, dude, I've, I, dude, I've thought about that a lot, man. I've, I've, I've imagined, and it's probably, honestly, maybe it's ego, you know, like, sure. For me, um, I've definitely like imagined like, oh, how cool it would be like my son's going through some, you know, whatever, like uh, existential moment in his life. And he refers back to these conversations, you know what I mean? And uh, and maybe like learned something about his father that he didn't know, you know, as a kid. But like now he's getting to hear all these like crazy or, or he's uh, honestly do really if you look back at Life Gets Harry over the last couple of years, it really is like an existential journey. I mean, when I first started it, I was just coming out of my faith that I'd spent my entire life in pretty much and like, and, and struggling with that. Then I struggled financially with my business that was like technically on top of the world in its category at the time and, you know, selling in a hundred something countries and then falling into massive debt and, 
having to crawl out of that hole. And, and so really, if you did look at it, you would see like a, like kind of an existential kind of like crazy journey for someone's life. But, but I mean, do you honestly think that your children are going to listen to all of this? None. Yeah. yeah and, that, and, that's, <laughs> and that goes back to like, especially, I mean, dude, that's, that's what goes back to like, what does it matter? But I guess for me, it matters for me right now. It matters that like, I got to have like purpose and have these conversations with people like you. You know, I think that that's a, Dude, you can go. F- you, it's not going to reach. It's not going to reach. It's dude, not going to reach all gra- the way there. Dude, grab a beer, man. I'll create some uh, some in between some in between music. My name is Zorgon, and I like to dig. I like to dig real good, and I just found this this show called Like It's Harry in the Ground, and it's two thousand and one hundred and twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we should totally lay down some raps together sometime. Dude, no, for real, I really would honestly like to do that, man. And I think that's, you know, not to just shift around a bunch, but shit, dude, we have so much to talk about. Like, I would love to get in to epic levels because I think it's so unique. Oh. And and the re- well, before we shift off of uh before we shift off of legacy. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. a really cool Christmas gift. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I tell you about. Uh it's a book I haven't read it, so I actually don't have anything good to say. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I'm saying go get it. <laughs> but no, well, I think the idea is really cool and it relates. So it's um, my brother-in-law gave it to me, and it's um, it's by Ethan Hawke. He found a bunch of letters in his basement or something from many, many hundreds of years ago, and it's uh, letters that a knight uh, who went off on some kind of uh, crusade or campaign or something wrote to his children um, basically just to impart legacy mm-hmm. and uh, I, like I said I haven't read it so I don't have any idea if it's good or not but it sounds dope yeah it sounds pretty awesome yeah right? it just reminds me of um, you know the, the way that we have traditionally passed on our you know our successes and our failure has been through the written word yeah stories and I feel like Today, we've sort of taken this approach, which is just talking into a microphone, which is interesting to me because it's it's going back to an oral tradition, which before the written word was how everything was passed on. Yeah, and I campfire. Just, yeah, I wonder if everything will transition from written word to spoken word, and then and if we'll flip flop back and forth. Yeah, which is um, you know maybe more than Zorgon and whatever you do, whatever you want it's time frame, but. I often wonder if it's going to even transcend all of that, like in the sense that like some of the, you know, like almost like telepathically, like we'll have some way of like connecting mm. to each other Plug to our language is no longer. Yeah. Like then it gets into more AI and weird technology kind of. Uh, hey, Ryan, can we jack in together? Yeah, no, let's jack in together. Today. <laughs> hey, man, you want to meet over at uh, seven at the bar and jack in together? <laughs> I always love jacking with you, Andrew. Oh, it's so good. I love a good, I love a good jack. <laughs> I love to know your deepest, darkest secrets right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, dude, I mean, yeah, we could get into that, you know, for sure. One thing I just, I, I really, the reason why I want to talk, talk about about epic levels and rapping is because I feel like if you look at it, going back to just like what we were saying, the written word versus spoken word versus sure. 
Egypt text and all these different things. It depends. If you look at culture, like we're all talking through a certain thing, right? Yeah. Like a certain way or symbols or, you know, freaking esoteric staves and whatever, you know, we're like every culture. And I think right now the primo like way, the primo conduit in, in 2020, in my humble opinion is rap. And that's honestly why I like to rap on the podcast. It's not because I think that I'm, you know, T-Pain or Eminem or whatever the hell, like I'm not, I don't, I don't necessarily consider myself this awesome rapper. You can get the T-Pain app. Dude, then, I should. Dude. And then you could be T-Pain. Then I could be T-Pain, yeah. <laughs> which I think I've had that app when it first came out. Dude, the auto-tune was dope. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, but I, I think it's incredible that like how cool it is to use something like rap to get any kind of message across. And so a lot of times I like to use it in the intros because it's just like something that's very familiar to people right now. And it's a way to like slip in like your truth so to speak you know and so i love that like with epic levels you guys are doing something that you love maybe and, and i don't want to speak for you but you love like you D&D. yeah <laughs> but then and then maybe you love rap right and then you're wanting to like merge the two together yeah i mean that's a, you just said everything that i was planning to say about it <laughs> so we can move on <laughs> look up epic levels all right and next subject no, i'm just kidding no i want to talk about epic levels no, i'm just kidding <laughs> come on uh yeah, but I'm basically just going to repeat what you just said, which is yeah. it's uh, it's a blend of two things that me and Steve, uh, my brother, has been a great help, Rob, and uh, uh, he goes by DJ Robbie Darko, and he is the beat master. Uh, yeah. So he's helped with you know all of the technical the technical issues. Um, but yeah, it's 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 literally just a, a love of hip hop and nerdcore rap. And then, um, you know, blended with a love of Dungeons and Dragons, um, you know, very deep, dark, cryptic, yeah, dangerous love <laughs> of rolling <laughs> dice. <laughs> Wait, so you were saying, so do you have the beats are already done when you kind of come to the table? I just wanted to know kind of like what your yeah, role so is. Yeah, so the process, yeah, the process is um, my younger brother um, will craft the beats for the most part, um, we've had two other sort of beat makers help us with making the beats. Um, both me and Steve are musicians, but we're also incredibly busy, as I'm mm-hmm. sure uh, you know. Anyway, um, so yeah, the, he'll write the beats and record them, and we'll come in and we'll sort of edit and and help on you know making them kind of tighten them up. Yeah, tighten them up a little bit, and then. Um, we'll write and record together. So the the writing and recording process is a lot of fun because we're all um, uh, sort of in the same room, you know, coming up, bouncing ideas off of each other, writing at the same time. We typically will pick a theme uh, and then just sort of spitball off of it. Where do you get the confidence to do that? Because and and the reason why I say is because I actually do have this project, which I think me and you've maybe talked a little bit off the podcast with, but I'd definitely love to have you involved eventually. Um, but I have wanted to come out with like a rap album, just just for fun. Like, no, I mean, I think it's the first time I've literally said it on the podcast. Um, and and it's just for fun. But my idea is that collective. So I have this friend that has a, a recording studio in Marietta called The Loft, and um, and so uh, so we want to come in and do the, do that. Like we're essentially like a bunch of friends of mine kind of come in and we just bounce off of each other. This is where I have a problem. And I'm wondering like how you deal with that. Like, 
getting out of the way of yourself, so to speak. But like when I'm by myself, man, I can get into this flow state with such uh-huh. ease, bro. <laughs> and I can start writing like a motherfucker. I mean, dude, literally every rap, every intro I've ever created for the last two years on the podcast happens in like minutes. Like, I mean, yeah. literally I get my beat going and I'm just kind of flowing and just writing bullshit down and then it just becomes something, you know? And it's very easy actually for me now because I do it every week now. It's just like almost like a practice that I have to like get in. Yeah. I know I have maybe three hours to do the intro of the podcast. I ha- like I have to do it. It's Saturday. Here's go time. You know, sun's asleep or napping or whatever. Like everything's taken care of. Boom. This is my moment. And I and I've found a way to get into that flow state fairly quickly and just create without any kind of um, you know objections or, or walls or whatever the fuck you know in my way and. And now thinking about doing it with a bunch of people scares the shit out of me. Like, sure. cause I don't know how to, I, I almost like don't know how to get into that. I think this might be your phone. There you go. Yeah. Sometimes when it gets signal, it like, I don't know, whatever the fuck, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so how do you, how do you guys do that in that creative process? How do you let go and really dig in and, and find some cool shit when, when everyone's watching you exposed? Right. Well, so a big part of it, uh, it was just acceptance. Um, uh, when you do improv comedy, like a big tenet of improv is saying yes and. So you're still an individual, you know, in a room with a bunch of other individuals creating something by yourself. You just have to be open to suggestion. Mm. So whether that suggestion is a prompt where I'm like, blah, 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 Ryan. And mm-hmm. then you're like, blah, 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 Tiger Wizard. It's, it's, it's really, it's, 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 uh, it's, man, it's not really about ego or like getting over yourself or like letting go more or just kind of, no, it's not even really about letting go. You still can hold on to your own shit. Yeah. You know, it's just about, um, I guess it is, maybe it is a little bit about letting go. It's about being open. You Mm -hmm. know, it's about being open to the process It's about being open to the input like a lot of times, you know, I'll say something and then Steve will pull me aside and be like, um, that doesn't have enough to do with Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like, ass titty, shake your ass. You're like, dude, yeah. all right, this is cool and this everything. Is cool, <laughs> but like, let's, let's get a succubus in there or like a, a sexy orc or something. And just, yeah. can we just like drive some more D and D into yeah, roll it? Roll some dice on her ass. Don't just talk about her ass. Shake yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, a little D20 all over that. <laughs> no, that makes so, sense. Yeah, so it's a it's about being able to take uh being able to take uh constructive criticism yeah. and take it quickly and then move on and like don't get hung up on it because it doesn't really fucking matter in the end. Yeah. Uh everybody that um we work with is all about making something that's fun. Mm-hmm. So you know whether it's that doesn't have enough to do with D and D, or that's not funny enough, or that's uh, you know that's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Man, f- get the fuck out of here! That's a inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're rapping about D and D, motherfucker. This is limitless. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's just about being accepting. Working with a big group of people, like everybody's going to have ideas. Hopefully, everybody's going to have a lot of good ideas, and you just have to you know be willing to you know let that that um, golden shower of ideas wash over you. Yeah. For you, Epic Levels, is it more 
like in other words, like fallen arrows, right? That's like your that's something like money making kind of machine, you know, for you is epic levels. Like what are the expectations this year? Is it more just like creativity for you? Is it like a source of like joy and, and the process and all that kind of stuff? And that's the more important part of it? Yeah. Well, so we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. The new album's coming out earlier this year. I don't know if we already talked about that, but new, new album's coming out. Um, we've got a book coming out. Dude, yeah. Like, can we break down the book a little bit? That's kind of cool. Yeah. So the book is me and my co-rapper, uh, Steve Albertson, Dragon Warrior, Baby Robot. Um, we have written an adventure that takes place in this um, campaign setting that is basically a combination of Dungeons and Dragons and like every hip hop reference we could come up with. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a, it's like, a, it's basically, it's a hip hop Dungeons and Dragons adventure. You can, you know, you can be a little MC and, you know, go through and fight all of, um, Apicia's darkest hip hop denizens. So that's cool, man. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Are you self publishing that? We're, yeah, we're self publishing it. Um, we'll probably do a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. you know, launching sometime in the summer. Um, because the the book's all written, but it's not all uh, designed yet. Yeah. Um, which actually, if you've ever decided to, you know, ever thought about writing a book, or, I have. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it's a lot of fun. I'll tell you that. Um, but it's also a lot of work. It is. So you know, I hope you have some free time. Yeah, that's what I've noticed. You know, I mean, me and my wife both like writing. You know, I enjoy mm-hmm. it. But but it, that's what I get too. And and you know. Where do you, okay, so where do you as a creative person, I, I didn't mean to ask you this, but I want to, but like, you know, someone that's creating rap and, and doing like Esoteric Tiger, there's like badass like artwork on awesome apparel, you know, that will break down and you've done a lot of creative things is there like, how do you, how do you not get caught up in like the expectation of how it's all going to play out and how people are going to receive it or in other words, like. For me, okay, it's like if I spend... Dude, on when an, I cry about that stuff, I just do it at home in well, the dark, alone, where nobody can see. Well, sometimes, okay, so I'll just I'll use music as an example, but I could use anything. But since sure. we're talking about music, I'll talk about like Spotify or whatever. Like, So, you know, if most people hopefully know about it or seen it or have used it or whatever, it's a pretty fucking big platform, you know, and that's pretty much all I use now. But if you use like iTunes or whatever the fuck it is... But like, if you think about it, like every day there's like new music showing up on like the new, mu- you know, new releases, you know, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, hopefully epic levels will be showing up there dude, very, I, very dude, soon. It better, you know. And uh, and so the thing is though is like I find myself doing this on Instagram, on Spotify, like call any platform off. But just that casual swiping on by, you know, like where you're just like you're flooded with so much shit that like it's so easy to overlook so much shit. And so what I'm saying is like, how do you get out of your head as an artist and like really want to create something meaningful and authentic with the idea and the backdrop that like a lot of people could just swipe on and buy this shit and like never even take a look at it. Like in other words, back in the day, maybe people would, would treat things more, you know, like, Oh, this is cool. Like someone created this, you know what I mean? Now people are like, Oh, whatever, fuck it. You know? Well, that's a good point. And I think the way that I get around it is I have a very high standard for what I want to put out in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, so if it's something that I don't like, typically I, I don't want to put it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and fortunately for me, this is probably not the case for everybody, but if I like it, 
then it's good enough. Yeah. You know? like, I mean, hell it doesn't yeah. really fucking matter if nobody gets my weird um, Alistair Crowley mixed with Saved by the Bell references. Because <laughs> yeah. let me tell you, they are, they are so far out there that it's, I mean, it's kind of a stretch, all right? <laughs> and I understand so that. It just makes me really happy. Yeah. So if it makes me happy and I think that it's good, then it's enough. You know, I love that. it's the same thing with the weird D and D hip hop references that I make. If people get them, then great. Natural 20. If they don't, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Dude, that's great to hear. Cause I, I feel like that's the way I do it too. I, I think that there are times when I do the podcast or music or anything, I'm so out there on the point I'm actually trying to make that I know that like 90% of people aren't going to, it's going to like fucking go right over their head. And I'm just like, you know what? Whatever, man. Cause if someone does catch that little nugget of truth that I've placed in there, they're going to really appreciate it. (laughs) I got to go pee. Do that pee pee break. No, I usually don't, but I, I can edit this, but it could be fun to leave it and add some music, you know? I'm just sitting here by myself And Andrew just went to the bathroom with himself Let's listen and we can hear a little tinkle A little tinkle tinkle dripping from his tinkle tinkle I can hear a little tinkle tinkle come from your dinkle dinkle (laughs) I hope you haven't checked out Please, please fucking check out message yet to come. We have a lot of things to talk about. Please. No, I'm serious. Don't don't do that. Don't hit the 10 seconds. Get button. Don't fucking do it. Just enjoy the music. Enjoy it. Serious. Just look around. Maybe you're driving. Maybe you're just looking at the sun right now and it's fucking just burning your retina. Wedge you need to pick it. Now's the time. This is what's called intermission. Intermission without ads. I'm not gonna throw an ad at you right now. But if you do need a shirt print, head over to my boy Andrew's place, fallenarrows.com. Also, if you want to hear some badass raps, go to Epic Levels. You wanna buy some cool apparel? Esoteric Tiger. We're back. (laughs) We're back. That short musical interlude was brought to you by Epic Levels. If you would like to hear the full Ninja Assassins track, head over to Bleeding Cool. (laughs) Now you have to go. Now you have to go back in time and like put exactly put it on that (laughs) dude song. I have to. If you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't have enough time to get Andrew's song to put in here. But I love you and I'm. Thankful that you've been listening this long. And if you want to hear his music, just fucking Google it. Google it. Love you, bye. I do have one song that's uh, Bleeding Cool, which is a a nerd news site just recently wrote us a short kind of weird review. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's fine. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Is, I th- is your singles out? Are there 
stuff that's out right now? Just that one. Just the one, just one? sneak peek release on Bleeding okay. Cool. It's the only one that's out so far. Because I would love to drop one at the end of this if you'd be down. Like send yeah. one over to me and then we'll, instead of doing the outro music, we'll we'll like outro with your song. Yeah, That'd sure. That'd be fun as fuck. Okay. Um, dude, let's get into Esoteric Tiger. Okay. I, we never really finished. We talked about <laughs> staves a little bit, but we didn't yeah. talk about Esoteric. So I think that'd be a perfect place to kind of bring that back up of like mm-hmm. what the fuck that even means for some people. Because some people are just like, hey, man, I don't know. All I do know is that my fa- there's you know this and that, and that's the way things are. That's, I mean, that's true. <laughs> there, are, There is this, and there is that. <laughs> and that is also the way that things are. So pretty apt. Yeah. yeah it's pretty much truth that's, right there, dude. There it is. <laughs> I, I don't have anything to add. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Esoteric Tiger. It's a T-shirt lifestyle brand. What do you want to know? A badass one about that. Well, let's break yeah, down hush. esoteric a little bit. Like, okay. cause I know we can talk a little about how you've merged like eighties culture, which is fucking amazing. Like I've seen some of it and it's mind boggling. Awesome. I just hope to get a back print of that. Uh, one hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> cause you know me, I, you. I like them back prints. Um, which yeah. one, which one, which one did you It want? was the one with like the full, it was like, it was a front on a hoodie. It was like real, had the wizard and like all oh, the like, yeah. cool That's symbols a, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's Alistair Crowley. Yes, dude. Yeah, so explain maybe a little bit of like esoteric just from a very, I mean, obviously people can Google that shit, but, you know, kind of a little bit about it and kind of why you decided to merge the 80s brand with it. Right. Um, Well, I I guess mixing things together because as Colin kind of always been my jam, Uh, which is funny because jam is actually mixing things together. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's, that's always been like... uh, a very important part of my artwork process is finding two things that I really like and, and blending them together into something new. There's, it's very hard to find something that's completely original. So, you know, mixing one or more things that already exist together, you know, some might call it plagiarism, but I call it uh, cooking. <laughs> that's a good way dude really plagiarism's hilarious nowadays I mean obviously if it's like exactly the same thing sure but come on man like especially as a musician it's like how the fuck are you gonna put four chords together that haven't been put together like you know yeah. like, obviously if you wanna steal the whole thing sure but like come on man like it's crazy but I love how you blended the two though dude so yeah continue I'll shut up I'll no shut that's fine up. it's just um, I've I've taken uh, a lot of I've been listening to a lot of retro wave, uh, you know. That's my jam. Yeah, it, it's jam. it's good <laughs> jam. jam. <laughs> it's it's really good music to draw to, um, or you know, clickety clack on Photoshop to. However, you know, you like to work. Yeah, uh, it's it's really good for keeping me focused, keeping me on. However, task. you like to jack in. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Gotta plug that thing right yeah, on in. I really like to jack in. Use you synth wave, new wave. Anyway, the uh, I watch sometimes I watch it on YouTube and they'll have like fun images and I'm like, man, I just like really love the way this shit looks. It, you know, late '80s, early '90s imagery to to me is just I think very cool, uh, especially the stuff that's intended to be futuristic, but like. Today looks so, <laughs> so old and dated. <laughs> it is the best, dude. It's so good. I love it. Um, and then that kind of led me down a, a hole of like exploring design elements from the late 80s 
not just in um, pop culture, but also in television and film. Um, you know, I was born in the early '80s, so you know, I remember that kind of stuff when I was a very young child. Um, but I really grew up in the '90s. Yeah. Um, you know, I was uh, I was seven in 1990. Mm-hmm. So. Um, a lot of that stuff, like it kind of, it's, it's kind of like a distant memory in the back of my brain. Um, so I don't have quite as much nostalgia for it as I think somebody who was born maybe a few years earlier might have for it, but I just, I appreciate it in a, in a way that, um, I can't fully understand, but I chose to enact upon. Um, and then the, the esoteric side of it is um, something that's also all that has always interested me. I mean, I, you and I have talked about uh, growing up in Christian homes um, and a lot of the things that I find supremely interesting now would have been taboo to me mm-hmm. as a younger person. Um, but like, why not? Like, why not explore uh, all of the different, you know, religious occult hermetic or um, magic, mystic uh, practices that have existed and still exist today. So that sort of led me down a, a, you know, a trend of, of looking at different signs and symbols, the Kabbalah or Kabbalah, depending on how you like to pronounce it, from Jewish mysticism. Um, and then the Icelandic magic obviously fell into that. And then Crowley and his... Um, uh, sort of modern magic stuff. You know, and I, I find all that stuff interesting. I don't claim to be a practitioner. That's what I was just about to ask. Like, do you, do, like, you know, growing up in like a Christian faith to like getting into, or at least like exploring, you know, Crowley and all these stuff, which I've definitely went down a lot of those rabbit holes myself now too. Like, where do you land in like your ritual? Like in other sure. words, like in 2020, you know, what does a normal ass fucking week look, look like to you that kind of makes you feel connected? You know what I mean? Right. Whether that is in whatever spiritual practice or whatever way that you do that, do you adopt any of these things or any can kind we, of tools? Can we back up a second yeah. and, and analyze rabbit hole? Yeah. Okay. Cause that's really what it is. Yeah. Is, uh, I'll find something, whether it's the Icelandic Museum of Witchcraft and Wizardry, and I find that supremely interesting. So <laughs> yeah. I'll read about it. Uh, I went and visited the museum. Um, I saw the actual pair of necro pants that they have there. It's Wait, just, you saw that? It's just a model. It's not real. Oh, shit. Okay. I know. But, uh, and, and then, you know, on my other travels, like I've investigated the, the lore and culture and magic practices, some places it's easier to find than others. Um, but, you know, a rabbit hole is really, um, well, actually I don't really know, but I believe that a rabbit hole is intended to say like, this is a path that leads you basically nowhere. Um, and you don't actually get what you're after because the rabbit gets out somewhere. I think it's like a fox is chasing a rabbit 
down a rabbit hole. Makes sense, dude. Is that what it's about? I don't know, man. I've never, you know, I've never actually thought about what the fucking term means. I, I just know that it means you go down some hole and you don't ever figure out where the I fuck love you're going. Blowing <laughs> people's minds about shit that they say every day. Yeah. When people say, "Hey, I'm in a pickle." Yes, I've. I think I've said that to you before, and you said this. Please say um, that. Yeah. So, like, when people say. Oh man, I'm in a real pickle. It's like, all right, so hold up, stop and think about what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're saying that you're inside of a pickle. Like when you say that you're in a pickle, basically what you're saying is like, I'm in a hard place. Which, if you're inside of a hard place, that's like being inside of a rock yes. or being inside of a cucumber, which is what a pickle is. Before it gets super, super soft <laughs> by <and> soaking <laughs> in brine. <laughs> so, like, what you mean to be saying is like, "Hey, I'm stuck in between a rock and a cucumber." Yes, and you're in a pickle when you're actually life is cushy and good and all squishy and shit, dude. I don't, I don't, really I don't know. <laughs> I just I, that's that's the kind of stuff that I think about when I've got nothing to think about. But dude, I love that you I love that you brought up the rabbit hole thing. That like you're like, look, these are just things that I like rabbit hole into with like no real end. And that seems to me kind of like, oh yeah, because I don't believe in anything. Yeah, so so and I don't practice anything. So that's other actually, than drawing. <laughs> yeah, so that was literally what I was about to ask. Is like, where do you land? I mean, as far as believing anything, do you feel like there's just like nothing, or or where do you kind of sit on like the whole existential kind of pulling back kind of idea? I, be, I mean, I think I'm pretty minimalist as far as all of that stuff goes. I think all of it is very interesting within the brand um, Esoteric Tiger. You know, there are Christian elements. But um, the whole the whole concept behind all of it is taking all of this stuff, whether it's really weird, far out there, um, you know, three drops of blood from a nipple type of stuff, <laughs> yeah. or you know, digging up uh, a dead man's corpse and skinning the skin off of his torso and wearing it as pants, like all of that stuff. I'm presenting it in a humorous playful aspect uh, or in a playful way um, which is where the sort of 80s design element comes in because a lot of that stuff is very bright and colorful mm-hmm. and playful um, in my personal life I don't ascribe to much of any of that stuff um, I you know I believe in the things that I can see and I practice trying to be a good person but um but yeah, outside of that, I don't know. Yeah. Do you uh, think kinda, about like the end? The end? Yeah, like what happens? Is it just like a dirt nap or you know, I think about it sometimes, but who cares, man? It's true. I mean, it's going to happen. Mhm. Whether I know the answer of it or not, it's going to happen. Yeah. To all of us. Yeah. And I don't know. I I kind of I kind of like the idea of my mind one day being blown wide open by some kind of crazy revelation, but um, I'm, let's just say I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, no, that's perfect, man. I mean, that's I, we're probably very similar in that in that in that way. I I don't have anything that I hold on to anymore, and it's kind of fun. And I think that you know people hear me on the podcast, like, and I. I try my best. This is what I actually try to do when I do every podcast is I try to become the person that I'm sitting across from. In other words, like 
it's not about me trying to like debate them or whatever. I think every human only can understand from their level of perception. So the way that you are thinking about the world is how you actually see the world. Like it literally changes everything that you see. And so me, I feel like we're all just caught up in some sort of narrative and, and I think it's beautiful, actually, to go down rabbit holes. I think that's the beauty of life, to be able to explore things and to have epiphanies. For me, personally, epiphanies are those those sense of like knowledge entering the brain and shifting the way that you look at things. That, for me, is the meaning of life. Like mm. that's, 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 that's what keeps me going, keeps my engine moving. I noticed, have you ever go ahead? Have you ever um, been on a zip line? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're yeah, like, you yeah, for flip sure. into that oh, thing. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. So I did that recently. I've done it before, but it's super fun. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is where Parable Andrew comes out again. Yes. Let's I love at, Parable Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> let's look at life like it's a zip line, right? Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, like um, almost always, you want to hold on mm. to your your little rope harness. And the reason you want to hold on is because you're not sure what's going to happen, right? Um, after you have started, you know, it's okay to like let go of that rope and just enjoy. Mm. Like enjoy the feeling of flying for a second. Yeah. If you hold on to that thing the whole time you're on that zip line, that's also fine. You're still going to hit that. The end of the rope. The end of the zip line. <laughs> the end of the zip line is still coming. There's still it, a 12-year-old guy working at the other end of the going to catch you. And he's going to be like, sorry, your time's up. you got to give your helmet back. It doesn't matter. You know, yeah. you can hold on to that, and that's fine. And I don't have any problem with holding on to that. You can also let go and do whatever you want with your hands. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe you reach up and touch the rope, and you burn the hell out of your hand. Or, or maybe you just, like, make a fun waving motion at the camera before it takes your picture. Some unclip early. Yeah. Ooh. Or yeah, maybe you just be like, yeah, forget this ride. Fuck this. Yeah. I know how to undo this carabiner. Yeah. Uh, that's wow. You just added a, a whole nother level of darkness to that parable. <laughs> dude, dude, you're talking to the guy who's thought about suicide too much. <laughs> you know, man, I mean, and that's why I laugh about it, right? And I, and this is the only reason I haven't blown my head off. I tell people that, like, you know, when you're thinking about that, when you're thinking about pulling that fucking clip off the zip line, dude, just realize that, like, everyone has, like, done it before you and that, like, why not just wrestle it to the ground? Like, why not, like you said, let go of the rope or do whatever it takes. Just fucking ride it, man. Ride it and experience it. Realize that change is the only truth that I've personally found, you know? Like, the universe is changing. Our bodies are changing. Our experience is ever-changing. So just realize that wherever the fuck you're feeling where you want to get off that ride, like, realize it's going to change, you know, because it has to change. Like, change just happens. Like, even if you just sit around, like, fucking shit's going to change. Like, your environment's going to change. Might not be better, but it's going to change, you know? And so I think there's some hope in, in that, in that idea of not being as lost and found as you think you are. There's just this kind of like, you know, yeah, there's there's moments where I feel fucking lonely and shitty and life sucks, but there's also moments where I feel like on top of the world and like I've got shit figured out, you know? And uh, and sometimes it happens every day, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's like, it's literally moment to moment, you know? It's not year to year, it's not month to month, you know? And, and right now, yeah, I have this sense of like hope, hoping that like 2020 will be great, hoping that by the end of it, 
I will put action into my imagination. Like I've recently kind of like distilled down. I talked about this a little bit on the podcast recently, but in my mind, there's this equation to life. And I'd love to hear kind of like the way that you break it down as well. But like in my mind, there's like imagination and in, and arguably kind of imagination is like God. It's like this thing. Cause like, think about it. Like our thoughts come from somewhere that we can't explain. They just bubble up. So like, let's just call that something bigger than ourselves. Sure. That's like throwing these thoughts into our heads. And I think that's also why we get those weird deja vus where we see an invention happen and we're like, dude, I thought about that shit. It's like, maybe there's a collective conscious even, and maybe, you know, like where there's these, these thoughts bubbling around and if you don't grab it and put action to it, someone else can. But, um, but I think so. I think it starts out with imagination becoming a dream or something like that, whatever you want to call it. But then you must like add in action. So it's imagination plus action plus time. Mm-hmm. equals limitless. So I think we live in a dream state that this is like almost like a dream. And just like a dream, Andrew could be Superman right when he flicked his, like if you became lucid in a dream, you could be whatever you want. I think in this reality, you can be whatever you want. You just have to add in space and time. Sure. So I think that like the more and more I've lived life, the more and more I'm like, well, if I don't like my situation, I want to blow my head off. Like I don't have to, I can just begin to imagine a different world that I think one of the craziest things that we do is we're limitless beings and we use our limitless to limit ourselves. Like we literally use this amazing fucking engine inside of our fucking skull that could let us do whatever we want or think whatever we want. And we somehow like box ourselves in. Sure. And so I think that like that illusion of breaking away and realizing that you don't have to hold on or you can do, like you said, like you can do whatever you want, man. Like you are the author of this story. And I think so many times we get caught in the story forgetting that we are the author. Yeah. Well, I've got two things to say yeah. to that. I don't know how much time we have. Let's, let's do it, dude. Do both. Uh, first of all, if you are thinking about suicide a lot, like definitely talk to somebody. Dude, beautiful thing to say. Well, I'm talking to you. Yeah. But also anybody that's listening. Yeah. You can talk to me. Yeah, I like, do you that. Put, you can put my telephone number on this fucking podcast and call me if you need to talk about suicide. I'm happy to talk to you. There are so many reasons to go on living. Yeah. Um, cutting yourself off from the world is not... Uh, the answer to any, any problem you might be having. Um, and like I said, I'd love to talk to you more about that on or off the podcast uh, if you're down. Um, and if you are having those feelings, like please call somebody. The yeah, dude, that's the most important. prevention line. Yep. Um, and then the other thing um, is uh, what you were saying about um, your imagination and your action. Um, I'd like to uh, sort of steal the introduction that a good friend of mine, Winston Blake Wheeler Ward the Third, wrote. Dude, I had him on the podcast. Did you really? Yeah, man. Did you all guys? Did you talk to him about um, Infinite Worlds? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So his Infinite Worlds magazine just came out with their second issue. Yeah, dude. Um, had a real fun time over at my parents' basement for the release party. I wanted to come so bad. We were gone. I wanted to be there. It was fun. It seemed a like a lot it was of really badass. cool readings. Yeah. But anyway, the introduction to issue two, he talks about exactly that. Whoa. And what he talks about is how um, every. Uh, well, okay. So he starts off talking about how mankind, human beings, basically, we're just animals, right? Um. But so there's something about us that sets us apart. It's imagination and then it's reason. So imagination, the creativity side, what you're saying, um, gives us the idea of something. 
right? And then the reason side of a human is what allows us to enact that. In other words, like we imagined that there might be a way that we could talk to each other from far distances. And then the reason side of our brains figured out how to make that work. Yeah. Um, he has some great examples in the, you know, he's very eloquent. Yes, he is. Not like us. Yeah. So he's very fucking eloquent. Yeah. When I had him on the podcast, I was like, I would say something. You're using something. big words, man. <laughs> exactly. I was like, you use a lot of big words, man. Yeah, I love him though. He's okay. great. <laughs> but anyway, like, um, it's exactly what you're saying though. And I, and I believe in that. I believe mm-hmm. that, um, science is, um, dependent upon Mm -hmm. the fictions of our brains. Yes. And I believe that progress is dependent upon the fictions of our brains. And I think that if our country, we talked about politics a little bit before this. Yeah, we did. And we probably shouldn't now, (laughs) but I think if we want to enact change Mm -hmm. in our world, whether it's through politics or through, um, any other element of life Mm -hmm. than our imaginations. Being able to imagine something that's better is the only way that we can allow our reason, the reasoning side of our brains to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah. So... Dude, it's just like fucking Europe and then America, right? I mean, America was an imaginative idea. And in just the same way, I think that inevitably, you know, like I said, like not getting super into politics because we said a bunch of beautiful things off the podcast, but inevitably you know, Beardtopia will become exactly. a because you were able <laughs> to I imagine, was imagine it. it. Yes. <laughs> you must have a beard, you will be slain. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, dude, that's what's so great. And it will happen. Again, talking about change, like, it's inevitable that the younger generation will begin to imagine a different world and enact that change. And so it, it Shit, is. I'm not it, so old. Exactly. And I think that I think that's where we're at. I think we are I mean, millennials are struggling to grab the the fucking flag, so to speak, and 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 hoist it up and be that be the leaders. You know, I think that they're I think that this is our moment, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that like boomers and all those people don't have a place and older people or even younger people have a place, but we're all in our prime. And this is our moment, you know, to use our imagination to enact change and to make the world better for our kids and their kids and their kids. And, and, and dude, that's the thing is like, people want to get all Armageddon. People want to think that like, you know, and shit, who knows? Like maybe, yeah, maybe the earth is dying and all this different shit. It's, it's it throughout. Yeah, it's, it is like, it's life, right? But everything like, dies. Everybody dies. Everything dies. Exactly, man. So it's like, stop being so Armageddon and think about like, well, what can we do in this moment? Like what, how can we use technology? That's something that, you know, Winston has brought up that like arguably science fiction gives way to reality that like, so how can we think, how can we be the Elon Musk that says we need a thousand spaceships on Mars to create an adequate fucking civilization? Like, okay, cool. Well, how do we start doing that? Maybe it is smart to become a multi-planetary species so that if earth is going to inevitably die, whether or not we fucking throw plastic in the, in it or not, you know, and I'm not trying to say we shouldn't, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, but either way, the fucking star is going to die. Either way, earth is going to change. Like it's all going to happen anyway. So if we really do want to save the human species, we got to use our imagination and technology is the very thing that I think that can propel us into like uh, a sustainable future. So that we're not like the Egyptians and, and fucking, if you believe in Atlantis and all that shit, all these great civilizations that grew up and knowledge. Wait, do you believe in Atlantis? Atlantis? I don't know, dude. I believe that there has been lots of people that have come before us. And I think that history is a fucking weird thing. Do you believe in snake people? 
Snake people, like lizard people type stuff? No, snake people. You're like, no, dude, snake people. <laughs> I want to believe. I want to believe so bad. I want to believe so I bad. I can't believe in it, but I want to. I want to believe in it so bad. <laughs> you know No, but I, you're right. There, like, yeah. a lot of shit has come yeah. before. Yeah. And, like, if we want to... We want to sustain this shit. Yeah. Continue. I think that's why we are the sex organs to the machine world, dude. I think that's why we love technology so much. Maybe technology will become our God. He's becoming omnipresent now. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's becoming God, you know, it's, it's going to be, um, what is it? It's a TV show now too. I read this book last year. It's Neil Gaiman. Hmm. Um, American gods. Oh, I watched like a little bit of the first season, but I got like how they had the technology god, kind of not to spoil alert the shit out of it. Oh, uh, spoil alert. <laughs> spoil alert. There's a technology god. <laughs> I haven't watched that show yet, but I really want to because uh, I read the book last year mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. My brother recommended it. Um, but yeah, they have um, a lot of, you know, they actually, they have a lot of Egyptian gods mm-hmm. in there. And I think it's Thor, like the old gods yeah, versus the new gods yeah, kind of thing. thing. Yeah, it's cool. And, it's cool. I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch it a lot because. I don't get a chance to watch TV a lot in general, so it's really hard for me to like stick with stuff. You know? I feel like your podcast would be really boring if you just had somebody on every week and they're like, "Hey, did you see that show?" Yeah, no. <laughs> you're like, yeah, dude, it was really cool. There was that sex scene, or maybe fight actually, scene actually maybe your podcast would be more popular. <laughs> it probably would, dude, it'd probably be more popular. People are tired of hearing me talk about fucking death too much. Yeah, what's the most popular show on Netflix right now? Let's talk about Let's that. Talk about that shit, and then we'll put it in our fucking bio so mm-hmm. it'll search better. Yeah, you know. You no, I mean, yeah, Get that dude. metadata, <laughs> that metadata. <laughs> well, dude. I don't know, man. This is a great place to fucking wrap up, dude. Like what what uh what is the best place for people to reach out to you to check out, you know, epic levels, esoteric, fucking I, we didn't even get a chance to fucking talk about DNT ATL DND, you know, oh, yeah. which is what which sucks because I would love to t- have talked to that a little bit more, but um Well, ATL DND kind of speaks for itself. Um it's an organization that runs free ATL, uh, free Dungeons and Dragons events here in Atlanta, um, Monday uh, and Tuesday at uh, Joystick Game Bar on Edgewood, and now Wednesday is at Second Self Brewery. Come out, play a game with me. Fuck yeah! It's free. Um, we've got a lot of cool stuff lined up for this year. Um, we do Dungeons and Dragons bar crawls. If you've and everything is um, uh, strictly no gatekeeping, so gatekeeping is a uh, sort of um, I don't actually really. I mean, it's basically you're keeping the gate, so you're like trying to prevent people from entering the hobby. And we have a very uh, stern policy about not allowing that. That's cool. So everyone is welcome. If you've never played, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you come from, what type of person you are. You're welcome to come and play. Oh, hi, kitty cat. That's super rad. <clears throat> and um, yeah, go check it out. It's atldnd.com. I hope that the new website is launched by the time this podcast comes out. Because <laughs> yeah. it's loaded with a bunch of my artwork and it looks re- super cool. Um, if not, the old art, the old website will still tell you where to go to mm-hmm. find us. Um, what was the other thing you said? Uh, well, just oh, where to find me? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Fallen Apple. Arrows. If you need t-shirts made, yeah, dude. I threw, I threw, I already threw an ad uh, while you were taking Tinkle. So. Oh, really? All right, <laughs> cool. Yeah, but no, dude. Seriously, so, man. I, Life I, gets hairy. T-shirts. Yeah, dude. All the t-shirts. Everything we get printed, man, is from you guys, and you guys do a killer job. I love that. There's even no minimum. I like that. I just like. I like. I, I like the whole way that you do things, man. I feel like it just makes sense for people to come and check it out. 
Cool. Yeah. And then Epic Levels, like I said, we've got a releasing the album one single at a time um, over the first six months of this year and then starting our Kickstarter campaign for the book sometime in the summer. Um, So be on the lookout for that. Um, Esoteric Tiger, uh, that's actually going to be hitting uh, the streets or the internet. (laughs) The streets. The internet streets. It's actually hitting the internet. It's not hitting the streets until two weeks after uh, so sometime, uh, early February, keep your eyes out for that esoteric tiger. It's all that shit we were talking about. Oh yeah. Um, okay. This is badass, man. I would love to do it again. I feel like we just scratched the surface and I know I was all over the place cause I had Red Bull and coffee, but, uh, and then your spitfire ball liquor. Oh uh, yeah. So just that's fucking put thing. me out. <laughs> you should tell them, tell, tell them about how that tasted to you. Oh dude, it was incredible man i mean there was like that sweet but then that spicy but it wasn't overwhelming i was a little afraid because i don't do major spice but somehow it just like warmed me up dude yeah and i felt like a fucking dragon yeah so (laughs) dragon dragon spittle is a is a spicy tequila that i make um and sell under the table it's completely illegal not allowed to do it (laughs) um Hopefully, whoever is in charge of alcohol <laughs> isn't listening. <laughs> isn't listening. I don't even nah, know. He doesn't that. sell it. He just gives it away. He's like Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> but if you want some, it's going to cost you. Yeah. I give it away uh, and you give me for free a $20 yeah, you, bill. Yeah, it's just a tithing. You know, yep. it's like a tithing type deal. So you just give 20%. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at tigerwizard.com uh, or at, at tigerwizard. Or tigerwizard.com, either way. This is badass, dude. I, badass. I, would, I would love to do this again, man, and go even deeper. I felt like we just got to scratch the surface because we've had so much to fucking talk about, and we've been wanting to do this for a long time, dude. And I just wish the best for 2020, man, all your fucking adventures. Let's, uh, let's go. Dude, let's get it done. Let's do it. All right. Appreciate you, man. Yeah.